Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We brought you damn good beer, and now we're delivering to you damn good beef. So damn good, you can now get Wagyu beef at the DNVR bar from Hassel Cattle Company. That's right, we couldn't resist putting this damn good beef in our bar. So now you can all come down and build your own delicious Hassel Cattle Wagyu beef burger with all the toppings and then some. Hassel is hooking you up with 10% off your entire purchase. Just use code DNVR10 at checkout. That's DNVR10 to save 10% every time at HasselCattleCompany.com. That's your first pitch. Now let's play ball. Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by Strava Craft Coffee. Strava CBD coffee helps you start your day feeling your best. Get their top quality broad spectrum hemp extract rich in CBD and CBG to improve the quality of your morning or if you're like me, it'll improve the quality of your afternoon because there are zero coffee jitters if you want three or four cups a day. And now you can get 25% off your first purchase when you use code DNVR25. I am your host, Patrick Lyons, and with me today is a very special guest for the first time on the podcast, a super fan in her own right. You know her all as at Love the Rocks on Twitter, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining me, Shannon Hurd. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, we've interacted so many times on on Twitter, and it's it's great to to finally put a face, you know, to to the tweets, if you will, and and to to thank you, you know, for the entire Rockies community. I'm sure as everyone does just about on a daily basis for all the wonderful giveaways that you have on on Twitter for people who just want to support the Rockies. And uh, I think that's really cool that you're able to do that and bring the community together. Well, thank you. I have a lot of fun doing it. It's something that I actually started kind of randomly and it's kind of grown into its own entity. So I am just going to keep going and have fun with it. I, I take it you probably, so I know you've, you've got some season tickets and we'll, we'll talk about that. And so some of those are giveaways, but I'm guessing at this point, because you do it so frequently that anytime you're just out and about, and you see some Rockies memorabilia. I have a feeling you're starting to get a, put together a collection just to give away things. Is that right? That is correct. I actually have a closet at home filled with all of this merchandise that both comes from games. And some of that is, is actually donated now by really super generous fans on Twitter that contact me via direct message. And then sometimes I go out intentionally looking for it now. So it's a combination of all three. Yeah, Are you hitting the garage sales and, and the estate sales and things like that? 
Though garage sales, estate sales, thrift stores, antique malls, my mother is like a huge antique collector and she finds the coolest stuff. So I follow her leads a lot. There's really no one source. It's from everywhere. What's what's the most obscure thing or or even your most favorite thing that you found when kind of going out and, and, and doing your diving, if you will? Well, the most... So my favorite item actually was found at the Rockies garage sale. And it's just simply the section divider that used to hang over my section at Coors Field. They removed it when they remodeled the stadium. That actually hangs in my like fan cave room now. And so that was probably the favorite item that I own. As far as the most obscure thing, I've found a couple of chairs from the actual clubhouse at Goodwill, literally like Rockies chairs that used to sit in the team's locker room. I have no idea how they got there, but I think that's pretty random. So. Yeah, wow, that's that's an absolutely great find. I, I love that. And yeah, the the sales that they have uh, at the end of the season are really at, at the beginning of, of the next season for season ticket holders. Man, you can definitely find some some amazing gems that they're they're practically giving away to their season ticket holders, which you gotta love that. And and you've had a, how long have you had season tickets, in fact? So my family has had them since day one, and we have four seats behind home plate. So I grew up going to games in those seats. And then my seats that I currently have actually started out as my dad's conferences seats. And I would sit in them occasionally when he would have them. And then about, I think it was eight years ago, the conference gave them up and I was able to take them over and that's how they became mine. So I have had my own additional seats for eight years. That's fantastic. I imagine you're, you're probably giving some of those tickets away at times. I think I've seen that on Twitter. That's uh, again, really generous. And and you take the fandom even beyond just going to games. How how many games do you, do you find yourself going to on a, on a yearly basis about? Is it all of them? Is it all 81? It's not all 81. And a large part of that is because I play softball. So I do have to skip occasionally for that. And this season was a little bit different than most. However, typically I'm about 90% of games. Wow, that's that's a lot. That's fantastic. That's that's more than some people in the in the Rockies media, believe it or not. <laughs> um, we I mean, won't it's put not it... that late, like every season too. Like there'll be seasons where it's less than that, seasons where even maybe it's more, but that's probably an average. Sure. Yeah, a season like 2018. I mean, on a, even on a Tuesday night, you got to get down to the ballpark because it's just nonstop excitement. Um, now you you take it one step further than that. Besides just having the season tickets, something that I've never done as a fan, and I would love to do, and I'm very jealous. You've actually participated in the fantasy camp that they have down at Salt River Fields. What what is that experience like? I honestly cannot say enough great stuff about it. It was amazing. I've done it twice. The first year that I went, my father and I went together. We were on the same team. My mom also went as like a VIP guest. A lot of people don't realize you can do that. It's where you pay to have the trip experience, the hotel, the, you know, the dinners and everything, but you're not a player. So she was like the VIP guest and we were the players. And then the second year after that, I went back. My dad did not go with me the second year. And I just went because I kind of got the competitive side of me, wanted to become better at hitting. So I practiced for like an entire year and came back with the goal of doing much better. And you know, the thing about fantasy camp is I had no idea what to expect going in. And it turned out to exceed every like dream that I could have possibly had. Not only do you spend the week playing baseball, but I mean, they literally, they live, they leave gifts in your locker every morning. You get a ton of merchandise, you make friends. It's a great networking opportunity. You meet, you know, former players and 
TV personalities that you see on TV all the time. It just, I feel like it's its own community and I'm so honored that I got to be part of that family. Yeah, I'm not sure if every team does something like that. So I, I think that's, you know, just very special that, you know, Rockies fans have that opportunity to do that. And again, at such a beautiful facility like Salt River Fields, do you, are, and, and I think you, you just kind of mentioned it, like you're in the clubhouse, like you have a locker for that week. Is that correct? That is correct. So you have your own locker, they give you your own nameplate, you get to camp and you walk into the locker room and it is like packed full of uniforms and, you know, loungewear and little gifts and sunglasses and hats. And every single morning when you walk into the locker room to begin the day of games, there's another gift. So you get a daily gift. Then you get like a special gift at the end of, I mean, I say end of season, it's really the end of the week banquet. And just there's this plan special things so one night we had a special dinner in the team locker room and then you get an autograph night and you get cooked for by the rocky chefs which their bacon is just absolutely outstanding everything is outstanding but their bacon like to this day i still sit there and think about it it just there's so many intangibles and one thing that i did not realize before camp is it's not just that week so prior to leaving we had a dinner and batting practice event at coors field like in November-ish, because camp was in January. And then after camp, and during the season, you have a fantasy camp reunion game where you actually get to play a game on Coors Field, and then you attend the actual Rockies game that night with all the fantasy camp people. It is, honestly, if you get the opportunity, go. Yeah, it sounds like the gift that almost keeps on giving. And, and as you said, it's the relationships that you've made with the other the other campers or the other players. I don't know, do you refer to yourselves as campers or are players, Rockies? I, I guess you're Rockies at that point. Yeah, you know, I've never really thought about that. They're friends now, for sure. And the, the thing that I've always loved about sports, and it's true at Fantasy Camp as well, is it's people that, you know, had you not bonded over this common love of baseball, of the Rockies, you, you're not sure you ever would have met them. I literally have friends, they live everywhere. They do all different things in life. They're all different ages. And yet, like, it's the coolest thing. It's such a family. So That's great. And I think you've even written about this, too, for Rockies Magazine. And for anyone who doesn't know, you know, the Rockies do put out their own publication. Uh, during the season, it can be every month. Uh, off season, it might be like every other month. But when you go to the ballpark and you want to keep score and you want to read some, you know, really great articles. Uh, my buddy Kevin Henry will, will write for it, and uh, you know Julian Valentine uh, did did a fantastic job uh, running the magazine uh, recently. And and you wrote about that in in a series. I think that went on for quite a while. Is that correct? So yeah, I wrote two separate articles about fantasy camp. The first year that I went, I wrote like a first person perspective about going with my dad and what that was like as kind of a rookie. And then the second year that I went, I wrote. It's a little bit of a different piece. It was about fantasy camp, but it was a lot of interviews with the coaches and the players that run it. And then in terms of a series that was actually had a column in Rockies magazine that ran for four years where I profiled different super fans each year or each year, each issue. So that's the kind of how the Rockies magazine thing came about. I had already been doing the column and they knew that I was going to fantasy camp. So they said, hey, do you want to go ahead and share your experience with our readers? Yeah, that's an exciting opportunity to again that 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 shows your connection with the community and uh, and and why you love giving back. Who who are some of the coaches and some of the players that are down there at the fantasy camp? Because you know, obviously, the mind can go crazy with thinking about oh man, who are you able to work with? And it's 
we're talking real former Rockies players that you, you think about when you think of your your favorite of all time, and you're you're on their team, right? So my so my first year in my team that my dad and I were on were coached by Jeff Houston and Josh Fogg, which was and they honestly I cannot say enough nice things about both of them. They made a, a dynamic coach group and we had the best experience. The second year when I went, my team was coached by Garrett Atkins and Brian Fuentes. And each year, every single team was coached by a pair of two. And a lot of them were former players. And then there seemed to be like a couple current at the time players. So my first year, Charlie Blackman was there. And I still remember him giving my dad like feedback on his slide. So um, Todd Helton was a guest coach. And I can't remember, I think they kept that secret till shortly before camp, but it's a big, big deal. And then Tony Walters was at camp when I was there. And so it just, the current players, I think, change every year. And it seems to be that there's like a core group of former players that go back and coach every year. So Vinny Castilla was there. And I mean, the list goes on and on and on. Very cool. I, I imagine the, the Atkins Fuentes year, they would have been a little bit more competitive than Huey and Fogg, just like, you know, again, 2007 Rockies. They're like, all right, I know it's fantasy camp, but if we're going to do this, let's win it. (laughs) Yeah, so that year, they had won the championship at fantasy camp the year year prior. So there was kind of like, I think, that expectation. Yeah, both groups of coaches were amazing. It was really interesting, though, because it gives you, like, insight into how team dynamics can change from year to year, just because personalities are so different. And it was an amazing experience both times, but it definitely felt different both times, too, so... Yeah, I, I love that. And and when does that take place? I, I'm, I imagine people could probably still sign up for it now because I think it doesn't typically go down in January just before the players really start coming back for spring training. Yeah, so typically it has been late January slash early February. It's about a five-day period of time. But they just sent out an email that it's changed in 2022 till November. I think that has a lot to do with COVID and making sure that we're through that. And so I do not know at this stage if they plan to keep it in November moving forward past then. I think that might be the intention, but I guess everybody will see. But I guess it's to sum it up in 2022, if you want to go, it will be in November. Good to know. Good good first take on that and, and gives you a lot of time to save up for it too and, yes. uh, and have this, this once in a lifetime experience that uh, Shannon did if because um, anyone that goes, it's it's an absolutely fantastic experience, similar to, you know, the fantastic experience you have as a member of DNVR. Those of you that were at the tailgate on Sunday, if you were at the Lacroix after party after the Avs game, man, it was just such a great time, and and some dreams were made true. Uh, mostly, the dreams were made true for those uh, Avalanche fans. I think your dream was also probably made true. Uh, if you went to the Broncos tailgate and got all you can eat pizza from Sexy Pizza and all you can drink Breckenridge Brewery, because those are some of the things we have at our member member tailgates. We'll have some more of those coming up. You know, as a member uh, with an annual membership, you get the free T-shirt. Uh, you know, you get some exclusive content. Avs and Nuggets are rolling. You know, our guys over at the Broncos have some great content coming out. Uh, and when you go to the DNVR bar on the corner of Colfax and York, you also get that slightly larger sized beer, which definitely goes a long way when you're having a good time at one of our watch parties. And good chances that you're going to be having a Breckenridge Brewery beer, our official 
Brewski of DNVR, but they are also our official seltzer. It's the Good Company Hard Seltzer, now available at the DNVR bar. And again, if you want to just party at home, you can with the 15-can sampler, the tap pack, as we like to call it here. It's Breckenridge Brewery's Good Company Hard Seltzer, an easy choice for a great company. And speaking of great company, as we said, Sexy Pizza Man, they crushed it again at the Broncos tailgate. You guys love their pizza, and there's no reason you shouldn't. With over 13 years in the Denver community, Sexy Pizza is as local as it gets. They've got hand-tossed, fresh from the oven, made from scratch each morning dough. Choose your own adventure with their wide range of toppings. Uh, Try one of their signature philanthropies. A portion of every sale from these five specialty pies is donated to a range of different nonprofits right here in Colorado. And if you're looking to have Sexy Pizza support your organization or an event, go to www.sexy.pizza and check out their About page for the donations link to see how Sexy Pizza can support your cause. Stop by any of their four Denver locations in Capitol Hill, Old South Pearl, Jefferson Park, and Park Hill. And coming soon, a new location in Trinidad, Colorado. Well, uh, Shannon, again, as, as a super fan yourself, uh, I did, one of the first questions, obviously, that comes to mind after all the things you've been able to witness uh, over your time rooting for the Rockies is, who is your favorite player of all time? Favorite player of all time is a really tough question for me to answer. In general, I approach it like there's hardly ever been a player I don't like. As a fan of the team, I kind of see the positive in many different people. Sometimes it's outstanding play. Sometimes it's they're just an amazing person. Sometimes you find both in the same guy. So it's really hard to say who my favorite is. So I tend to think more recently. Obviously, I was a huge Nolan fan. I really am a big fan of Trevor's story as well. I thought the two of them together were just dynamite. I thought they like fed off each other on the field. I thought, I mean, someday I will look back and tell my grandchildren I saw them play at Coors Field together. So. Yeah, there could be that day where you think back on that entire left side of the infield as maybe both being Hall of Famers. And, you know, it, it sounds crazy to think about, but hey, now that Larry Walker's in the Hall of Fame, you go, hey, all right, yeah, the Rockies are a part of MLB too. They've had some really great players and uh, a lot of great memories. We were talking before we started recording this idea that, you know, with, with Larry Walker finally having his number retired and the golden ring around his number out there in right field. Has it, has it gotten the wheels working in your head about, you know, the Rockies might benefit and so would the fan base from, you know, their own little hall of fame more, you know, remembering the past and a place for people to go to teach the history of the franchise. Cause you obviously know it inside and out and you even have some of the memorabilia to prove it. But for those newer fans, hey, you know what, Let, let's go down to the ballpark. Let's spend some time learning about the greats of the game. Who were the Blake Street Bombers? Where did they play before Coors Field? Do you think that's you know, something that you, you'd like to see as, uh, as one of the hardcore fans? I think that anything that you can do to connect people with the game and the team is smart. I think it's a great idea. I notice, I mean, I do know a lot about the team. I certainly don't know everything, but we walk around even today up on the club level. We see all the displays that they have up there from the past history of the team. And even today, I'm asking my dad questions. What is that? Or do you remember that moment? And so it's, you know, it's not just learning about the team, but it allows you to bond with the people you're there with too. It kind of provokes discussion. And I've learned many things myself. I feel like every time I'm at the ballpark, I learn something new. 
yeah, you learn something new, you see something new you have never yes. seen before. You, you definitely can't go wrong with, with something like that. Do you think uh, if, if you had your druthers, who would be the next Rockies player that you'd like to see their number retired? Number retired. I want them all to stay with the team forever. <laughs> you know, I'd have to give that some thought. I really, truly do not know. That's a big question because there's so much that goes into that. I can only say generally that I have always been someone who admires not just, and I know this really isn't how you judge a number being retired, but who, admire, who admires not just ability, but kind of like intangible characteristics, personality, um, character. So I look at the whole package and that's what I would have to evaluate carefully. Yeah, it's funny that I think that's when retiring a number, that is very much a, a huge element. It's different. It's not the Hall of Fame where you're you're talking about the top 1% of the 1%. It's what did this player represent to your organization, not just statistically, but what they did to the community. And that's one of the reasons why it seems like, you know what? Charlie Blackman might eventually have that number 19 for everything he's done for the community and represented the Rockies. And very much so if he finishes his playing career here in Colorado and it is a true Rocky in the same vein of, of a Todd Helton as well. Yes, I agree. I agree completely that character matters and it just, you know, I, there's certainly, and I'm talking more general in major league baseball. Now there are certainly amazingly talented people out there. I acknowledge their talent. I admire their talent, but I don't necessarily like them as players, if that makes sense. So I've always been someone to evaluate it that way. How often are you able to uh, travel, well, not travel with the Rockies, but travel to go see the Rockies play? I don't know. Maybe, maybe you are on the plane with them. You've got, a lot of, you've got a lot of connections here, Shannon, so, so maybe you're doing that. But how often do you get to see the Rockies you know, in, uh, elsewhere around MLB? So I can pretty much go see the Rockies elsewhere whenever I decide to schedule that trip. And I try to do one a year, and I try to make it at a different park each year. So one of the more memorable ones is my brother and I went to Cincinnati to see the Rockies play on Bark at the Park night. But of course it's like Cincinnati's Bark at the Park night. And we brought his golden retriever decked in Rockies gear and he was like the sole Rockies dog, but it was awesome. So try to look for experiences like that, not just a new ballpark, but is there something cool going on there? I, like many fans, have a goal of visiting every single major league park. I have about two thirds of them checked up on my list. And of those two thirds, some of them are definitely like repeat visits. There are just some that are easier to get to than others, some where the Rockies play more frequently. So I've got to expand that repertoire next year. Uh, they play in Detroit early in the year in April, so it might be a little cold. They also go to Minnesota. Those could be uh, a couple of new ones that you might not have on your list. But what what do you have a favorite ballpark outside of, of Coors Field that you say, ah, I've been there maybe two, three times, but shoot, I'll go again because it's it's just a great place to see a game of baseball played? So, I mean, every ballpark has something about it that I love. And I think when I evaluate my favorite ballpark outside of Coors Field, what I'm really asking myself is where do I have the best memories? I'm kind of a sentimental person. So it's, you know, my dad has taken myself and my brother to several parks and I kind of wrap not just the park, but the memories I've shared with them there up in that. So when I answer, I'm thinking of places where we've had those experiences as opposed to just like, this is a really cool ballpark with fun stuff to look at. And so we had an amazing experience at Yankee Stadium. Uh, Kansas City's ballpark was really cool. St. Louis, I've seen a couple of playoff games there actually sitting literally like two rows behind home plate. And that just, you know, the park obviously is cool, but it's the experience with the people 
And that really kind of is my approach to baseball in general. I, I love the Rockies. I love the sport. I grew up in a sports family. It is part of my DNA. And yet what I really, really cherish and why I go so often and go out of my way to do it is it's a way to bond with others that I might not otherwise have. So, you know, as a grown adult, like you'll always be your parent's child, but I'm also an adult now. And so my chance to go to a game with my dad is also my chance to catch him up on my life and hear about his and keep that connection going that when I was, you know, just a kid living at home, I had every day. And so that's a long answer to a short question, but my favorite parks are really where I've had my best memories. No, I love that answer. Baseball is, is just such a pastoral game where it allows for that conversation and it allows to, to make those memories, even if, you know, it's a low scoring ball game or it's a Rockies loss, or even if the Rockies aren't even in the building, you go, ah, we just had a good time and we, we caught up and something crazy happened in the game, whatever it may be. It's, it's sharing those experiences with, with everyone around you or your family or, or friends that, that are at the ballpark with you. I imagine it made it that much more heartbreaking or more difficult in 2020 when there were no fans at the ballpark at all, ever. So if you had told me in 2019 and you had said that in the next two years, you will have spent like a total of four months at Coors Field, I would have thought, what in the world? Like there's no possible way that I would ever skip an entire year. Obviously I had no idea it was coming, but it is almost like incomprehensible to me to look back and think I sat out an entire year and survived it. It was such a weird time. And yet I'm so grateful too. Like I really try to look for the best in every day. So even during that weird year, we developed some kind of new traditions and we still watched the games and we're still able to experience it on some level. Try to look at the silver lining, but yeah, admittedly that was, that was difficult. Did you go out of your way to walk around Coors Field at some point last year, you know, whether the game was on or not, just to, just to see the old gal, if you were. You know, so last year, my dad and I actually did go down to Coors Field in the middle of the season once we got a, like, I would say a tour. It wasn't really a tour. What I was there to do is to look at my seats and see the new netting that they put up and see if I wanted to keep them or switch to a different area. But when we got there and like walked in, there's the ballpark. It's empty. If I remember correctly, it was like August. I was like, this is so, so weird. And yet it felt like it was a really weird feeling. It felt like I should be here and it's weird that it's empty, but I felt at home at the same time. So that was the one time that I actually saw it live in person that year. I don't live super close to Coors Field. So since there weren't games, I actually didn't venture up there much, but I thought about it daily. Yeah, it, it, it's the home of, of baseball. And just to touch the walls, whether there's a game going on inside of it or otherwise, you just it's there. It's, it's, it's so special. Yeah. That, that was, uh, it was strange to say the least. What was opening day like this year? Again, you, you said you were back, you know, in, in August of 2020 to, to make sure your seats were just right. But the first game back and that opening day or your first game back inside the stadium, when there's a game going on, did it feel like, you know, two years, five years or how, how, what was that experience like? And I'm, I'm sure this is something that all fans had to deal with at the time. Cause it had been so long since you were able to, to watch a game, watch your Rockies play at Coors Field. So on one hand, it was like the friend where you don't talk for five years and then you meet up and nothing's changed. So on one hand, walking in, it was like I'm back at home and it felt so natural. On the other hand, I have this tradition every opening day or my first day at the stadium, I tend to walk around and I will observe like the teeny little changes that I notice from year to year. 
and they're always little. It's like a new item on the menu or that new sign. Well, in 2000, well, this year, so there were so many new things that were very, very different, including where I was sitting, but also just all the protocol and that I couldn't even play that game with myself because there was so many, so much new stuff. It was like overwhelming. So just kind of like hung back and tried to enjoy the moment, said a quiet little prayer about how thankful I was to be there and just how grateful I was that things were getting back to normal and sat down and enjoyed my favorite game. And the Rockies came through with a victory. It's put a big smile on your face, much like the folks over at Green Mountain Dental Group deserve to take some credit for all those smiling Colorado sports fans around town, especially those of our DNVR listeners who've switched to Green Mountain Dental Group over the years to make them their permanent family dentist. They're the best damn family-owned dentist in the metro area, and they're extreme Colorado sports fans, just like all, all of us. And if you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam, you'll receive a free Sonicare toothbrush from Green Mountain Dental Group, located only 15 minutes from downtown Denver. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, has a Week 7 offer every football fan should jump on. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game, and if they do, you win $200 in free bets. It's an easy and rewarding offer. DraftKings customers can also get skid in the game with new same-game parlays. So you combine multiple bets from the same game for an even bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code DNVR. And new customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game. And if they do, you win $200 in free bets. That's promo code DNVR this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for detail. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. We know the Rockies are Shannon's favorite uh, baseball team, but now she might have a new favorite rugby team. We'll have to tap into that because now – We've got the American Raptors, the Colorado Exos. They've rebranded just a little bit. And the American Raptors are the latest rugby club here of Denver, composed of crossover athletes, just ended their season at 5-5. Five and five. Pretty great for former athletes coming together for the first time and putting their skills to the test. If you haven't heard of the American Raptors, they're Rugby Town USA's newest rugby team. The American Ra Raptors are... Athletes who have competed at the highest level of their respective sports, like football, basketball, baseball, wrestling, soccer, and track and field. All of the elite athletes from there, they've learned, they're learning the game of rugby right here in front of your eyes. And the best thing about that, when you go to an American Raptors game, is that they're absolutely free. That's right, free. So head over to AmericanRaptors.com and grab your free tickets for the upcoming season. If you can't make it out to a game, AmericanRaptors.com will be streaming all of them from their website. Make sure you check out the weekly DNVR Rugby podcast hosted by our buddy Colton Strickler. Hit that subscribe button, and he will cover you in any and everything having to do with rugby. You ever played rugby, Shannon? I have not played rugby. That is a sport I actually have no knowledge of, admittedly. Other but than if, it exists, and I know the basics, but I have never played or really experienced it. Well, I'm learning today if the Raptors had a fantasy camp I know I'd want to go. They'd have to run it like the Rockies, though, because they top class when it comes to those kind of events. Awesome. All right. Well, got to get to it here in the final segment. Lay it all on the line. Shannon, what are your thoughts on the 2021 season? 
Well, <laughs> breathe. All right, take a take a deep yeah. breath. Yeah, take a deep <laughs> breath. <laughs> you know, um, twenty twenty one was a twenty twenty and twenty twenty one have been unusual years. The twenty twenty one season brought some really amazing highs, both personally and baseball wise, and then some pretty crazy lows. So there's a part of me that kind of chalks this up to it was a weird year, and I'm really looking forward to seeing how things play out moving forward. I have always been someone who tends to focus on the optimistic side of things, but that does not mean that I do not see beneath that if there is an issue or things that I may be less happy with. I just always try to remind myself, and I think this is something that comes from having a father that works in sports, but I see a lot like in his world that goes on behind the scenes. And I always remind myself, especially when it comes to the Rockies, I know people are very, very critical sometimes of the front office or management constantly have to remind myself that I don't really know the dynamic. I don't really know who's making the decision, how much autonomy certain people are given. And I think that lanes led, leads me, excuse me, to be a little less judgmental. Um, I know that there's some criticism of the new you know, GM. And I would just simply say that I want to see what happens from this point forward. I am not going to prejudge something. I understand why people are saying what they're saying but I wanna see what the man does now that he's in the role. So I maintain an optimistic tone. I look back on 2021 and in particularly the, the road losses baffle me. I was convinced at some point it became mental. Everybody's talking about it. You start thinking it as someone who plays sports. I definitely know that it can get me mentally if I keep hearing the same thing. We will see moving forward. It was, it's kind of like it was frustrating but it was good that they started improving as the season went on you know, frustrating because it's like, if only we had done that sooner. And obviously we can do it because I'm seeing it now. And there, you know, there's a part, I have friends who definitely felt strongly that they wish that wouldn't have happened, that they wish, you know, the season just would have been a write-off so we could make some crazy changes and move forward from there. I tend to look at it like I'm glad I saw that glimmer of hope and I hope it carries forward into 2022. I've always thought that when you look on paper at the Rockies, there is a lot of talent there. And sometimes it doesn't completely translate to what I think it should. And that's the part that baffles me more. But I think we have a strong team. I love some of the, the players, CJ Crone, for example, so excited about him. I am definitely firmly in the, I hope Trevor's story stays camp. I've never been convinced he's definitely out of here just because there's too many weird things that go on behind the scene that obviously I don't know, but I would assume that, you know, just because somebody says something that this as a fact that he's definitely gone, I don't believe that. You know, I think there's a lot of assuming going on and there's also a lot of finger crossing on my part. So that's kind of in a nutshell how I feel, but 2022, I, fingers crossed, can't wait. I feel like the off season takes forever. <laughs> like already excited, so. Yeah, it's strange how it's the off season, but it's still the post season. And so we can't really get to you know, the speculation and we can look, we can maybe fantasize about, okay, maybe if they trade for this guy or, you know, they sign this free agent, but we still have a couple more weeks to go before really any of those rumors or really before the hot stove starts to heat up. Cause we, hey, we got postseason baseball and we're, we're lucky for that. Now, if you, if you had to pick only one guy to bring back this, this next season of 22, are you going with John Gray or are you going with Trevor's story? If you could only bring one of them back. Okay, so if I had to pick, and I hope 
but if I had to pick, I would go with John Gray in that case. I think that really, I, yes, I would. I, I, he wants to be here, number one. And I do not write off how important that is. He wants to be here. Attitude matters. He's talented. Our starting rotation was actually decent. You know, we have a core group that worked fairly well. Um, I, again, though, I would add that I hope I don't have to pick. In an ideal world, I want them both. Yeah, and and some power bats for the outfield too, which, which I think um, certainly would would be a good thing. Do you have any hopes in particular about you know what they 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 do this off season? Again, bringing back Gray and Story would obviously be wonderful. But is there one area over another that you think you know what from from my vantage point from from my seats uh, in Coors Field, I I noticed that that this is an area that there needs to be some improvement made. So this is like a way longer speculative conversation here, but there are definitely areas baseball-wise for sure, but I tend to jump right to mentally fix whatever makes you collapse, whatever like, you know, makes a talented team just start falling off a cliff. There's something mental going on. There's something like dynamic or behind the scenes. And I wish if I could just pinpoint, I wish I knew what it was number one, but like, I wish that that could get fixed. Whatever causes that needs to be ironed out because I've never believed that it's like that guy's bat or that pitcher's a little off and that causes everything to derail. No, that can't be it. There has to be something bigger there. I hope that gets fixed. Yeah. Men mental skills coaches can, can go a long way with doing that. And as you said, Hey, what's going on on the road? Like there's no way they can, they can continue to be that bad. And they, they did, they kind of figured it out a little bit uh, as you pointed out. Final little elephant in the room, Nolan Arenado. I, th I think I, I think I've gotten a good grasp of of your personality and how you're looking on things. But some people are, you know, not happy with Nolan right now, and and I understand why. And and other people say, hey, it is a business. What what's your take on just Nolan Arenado in general, from however you want to hit it? Okay, so Nolan Arenado in general. First of all, I'm so blessed that I got to see him play. He's amazingly talented. I can't take anybody seriously who says like he's a choke artist in the postseason. So that means he's not talented. I mean, he's amazingly talented. Let's get real. I don't like the way he left, and I was not devastated to see the Cardinals lose in the playoffs. There is a part of me that did not want to see his little plan work, but he's now my competitor. I mean, that doesn't mean I have to hate the guy. It doesn't mean I have to bash him, but I don't want him to win. I want the Rockies to win. And he kind of, I mean, right or wrong, it kind of gave me the impression that he kind of felt like he was too good for Colorado. He left. You know, had he gone on to win a World Series with the team, then maybe you could say, okay, you know, the man had a point. Well, he played how many more games than the Rockies? <laughs> One. So, you know, the competitor in me looks at it that way, but don't mistake that for being like nasty toward him or holding a grudge. He is a baseball player. He made the decision that it was in his best interest. There's a part of me that definitely understands the why, and I don't wish him poorly. Uh, somebody did, here's a little interesting story. I got in the mail about three days ago, just a box, like it was from, there was a name on it, it was from Illinois, did not recognize the name, have no idea how they got my address. Open it up and it's a St. Louis Cardinals hat. And it's got Nolan Arenado on like the bill, like a picture of him, it's got the 28 and the Arenado on the side. And I was like, like, my first thought is that's actually kind of a cool hat. And like, who did this come from? Like, what is this about? So I now know, I didn't know at the time that a friend of mine in New York had actually won that hat in a Twitter competition unrelated to mine. And he's like, I don't want it, but I know somebody who might. So he sent it to me. So I'll have to tweet pictures of this hat now. because I have a Nolan Cardinals hat at my house. 
or make sure you're following at Love the Rocks because maybe one of you will have this hat at some point. <laughs> should should you want to part with it? Give it away because I honestly think that I mean honestly it is a cool hat and you know there you go it, I'll put it up there and you guys can tell me what you think. Yeah, there you go. That that's pretty neat. And yeah, no, I, that's very fair. There's, it's not a simple situation. I think Nolan was, it was complicated between the Rockies and Nolan. It's, it should be complicated emotionally with, with how you feel towards you know his success and any of his failure failures and stuff. But at the end of the day, you know, I think we all want to see him do well because of the the joy he he brought all of us. And you know, even those of us in the in the press box still miss seeing him over at third base. It's it's still weird to look over there and not, not see him playing third base. And I, I did, did it get, did it get normalized? Did you get used to it at some point this year that, oh man, he's, he's not there. He's been there forever. It seems like, and now there's someone else there. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. Cause like as a fan and somebody, especially who sat in kind of the vantage point of a good Nolan view, it's, it's little things that stood out. I mean, Ryan McMahon did amazing this year, but little things with Nolan, like we noticed, he would always be chatting with somebody like in between batters or whatever. He'd always talk to the umpire or the base runner or whatever. He's very chatty, He'd like move around a lot. He'd take off his glove, his hat. There's little stuff like that. Like we'd always kind of joke about it. And now the, the person playing the position now isn't doing that. And those are the little things that like, they're so weird and they mean nothing ultimately, but as someone who's there constantly, those are the things you notice. And so that part was really weird. You know, did we normalize it? I think I did get used to it take for granted how good he really, really is. You know, it looks normal because you see it all the time and then you forget just how, I mean, somebody once told me the definition of a professional is someone who makes something difficult look easy. That's him. Because those moves he makes, they're not easy. He makes them look that way though. And so, yeah, you get used to it. You take it for granted. Well put, well put. Uh, finally, uh, prospects. Do You know, where, where, what's your take on, on that? Like, you know, keeping an eye on who gets drafted, developing, is it, you know, not as important because they're still a few years away? At what point do you start noticing some of the young guys, you know, that play for the isotopes, yard goats, et cetera, down in the minors? So this probably comes again from just how I was raised. My dad works in college athletics. So I do keep careful track of young guys, guys sometimes that never make it up here. I, one of my bro I have two brothers, one of them was actually drafted out of high school a while back. And so I'm very familiar with that system and it's interesting to me to watch it, but I also don't read too much into what I see at the younger stages because there are so many factors that can change from that stage to if they ultimately end up on the field. So it's kind of a, a combo answer in that I watch it, but I don't really connect it to the bigger team at that moment because I don't really think that you have enough information. You don't really know how things are gonna play out. So it's like, I watch it, but you know, I'm more focused for the actual Rockies team on what's going on directly with them absolutely shan thank you so much for joining us do you, do you i want to i want to plug something else i mean your twitter account is just fantastic in general again besides the giveaways but you always have a good honest uh, take on how the rockies are doing and what it means to be a rockies fan but if you've got anything else feel free to to plug it here anything else hmm, i'm not sure what i would plug um <laughs> i just you know there's a ton of stories that i have about you know, you can't go through being a Rockies fan for this long and then not just have just a ton of stories build up in your mind and you know none of them they're all long and they probably wouldn't be appropriate to share here but someday I really I don't know like there's a couple things that I want to do one might be I really and don't quote me on this because it's not in the works yet but I really want to send somebody to fantasy camp like really really badly 
like you talk about the ultimate giveaway. I want to give somebody else the experience that I had. And there are some things that I've been doing kind of behind the scenes that I'm not ready to kind of share yet, but that I plan to in the next season, 2022, share more publicly on Twitter, but it has a lot to do with kind of giving back in a different way. And there's, so this is the most boring plug in the world because I don't have any specifics, but keep your eyes open because there's more to come. No, that's that's kind of the perfect tease right there. And uh, and, and we'll make sure to, to keep you in the loop at, at DNVR Rockies. So uh, Shannon, this, is, this has been fantastic. We'll have to have you back on. And when you decide, you know, uh, the next big endeavor for supporting, you know, Rockies fans and Rockies fandom, we'll, we'll definitely make sure we have you on and, and you can give it a, a more proper plug at that point. Yeah. So the only other thing that pops to mind, which is, you know, I don't know how many people know this, but I'm involved with the Coorsfield Cat Twitter account. So the handle is at Coorsfield Cat and I actually manage that account. And that's done with the help of some people who send me some photos and videos who see the cat more frequently than I do. But I've always been a big time animal lover animal kind of rescuer kind of casually and knowing that there's those cats that live there i would really love to also give back in that way to think of ways to help you know the homeless pet population in the colorado and denver area so that might be another little thing but that's wonderful yeah reach out to to shannon on at love the rocks r-o-x on twitter you can reach out dms open so just go ahead hit her up and and you know she'll maybe she'll start stockpiling some of those funds to give away at a fantasy camp you know she's got a great heart so uh don't be shy at love the rocks on twitter i'm at patrick d lions and of course you can follow us at at dnvr underscore rockies for shannon Hurd, i'm patrick lions thank you for listening to the dnvr rockies podcast the folks at green mountain dental group deserve to take some credit for those smiling colorado sports fans especially our DNVR listeners who've switched to Green Mountain Dental Group over the years to make them their permanent family dentist. They're the best damn family-owned dentist in the metro area, and they're extreme Colorado sports fans, just like all of us. And if you schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam, you'll receive a free Sonicare toothbrush. Green Mountain Dental Group, only 15 minutes from downtown Denver, but a million miles better than the rest.